Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, March 16th, 2023. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye Jr., and joining me is... What's good games, Andrea Renee? What's good, Blessing? Good morning, Andrea. How's it going? You know, it's great to be back here on Kind of Funny Games Daily. I'm happy to be here. This morning is going pretty good so far. Heck yeah. It's funny. As we were going live, I was having a thought of like, when I, ever since I came on to Kind of Funny, right? That was about, what, three years ago? Three years and a few, and a few months ago now. Uh, it's funny taking over games daily because i came in i want to say like a little bit after the angel renee era of game of games daily and like i had my honeymoon period a little bit where i'm like oh snap i'm hosting with greg miller i'm hosting with tim gettys um but back when i would listen to kind of funny games daily every single day you were one of the main faces that i would you know see on see on screen and i would listen to every single day and it's still really cool because we've only gotten to host on kfg i want to say maybe like one one or two times I still have that feeling whenever I see you on the show where I'm like, oh, shit, I'm hosting KHD with Angel Renee. Uh, and so thank you so much for, for joining me today. I'm very excited. Oh, Blessing, that is very kind of you to say. I do miss the opportunity to do more hosting with y'all. And I'm so proud of everything you guys have built, not just with the KFGD brand, but of course, everything you, you guys are doing with the spare bedroom and all the cool content that you're making. Um, Snowbike Mike and I have been chatting. I'm going to be making an appearance on a stream at some point oh, in the not too distant future. We just got to figure out when. Are you able to say what you're streaming? No, because it's probably going to change between now and okay, when fair. we actually make it happen. So um, well, we have a couple games that we're kicking around. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So what's the latest with, what, with What's Good? What's been going on lately? Well, What's Good Games has been going strong. As people who watch the show know, we've had Rihanna Manuel Pena on as our third chair for quite some time now. And we brought on some new contractors to kind of help us do some stuff. We've been out doing some press for International Women's Day and Women's History Month here in the month of March, which has been wonderful, kind of letting people know that women in gaming podcasts um, aren't as plentiful as they should be. And so you should support um, all the women that you know in video game podcasts or just podcasts in general. Um, but otherwise, we're just playing games and doing the show, getting ready for PAX East next weekend. Oh, yeah. You talk about playing games. What have you been playing lately? Well, I just talked about my preview for Dead Island 2, which I'm very pumped about, surprisingly pumped about. My expectations were set pretty low, um, knowing what's been going on with that game over the last couple of years, but super fun. And then I'm very deep into Disney Dreamlight Valley, which um, if we start talking about, we're only going to talk about that. And then, of course, Lightfall. I'm trying to run as much as I can, get that light level up so I can test out the new raid. Oh, yeah. How are you, how are you enjoying Lightfall? I really like it. I mean, I get people's criticisms about this story, but I mean, it's just more destiny. I think Neomuna as an area is really cool and really different. I do wish that we had seen a little bit more different enemies, but Strand as a new subclass is super fun to play with. And I love whenever a big expansion comes out, it rallies 
you know, our clan, our What's Good Guardians back and people are playing online again together. And it's just such a silky smooth shooter. If you want to have really great gunplay, Destiny 2 is one of the best. Hell yeah. It's funny over here, I've been going back and forth on if I want to dip into Lightfall or not, because I've said this multiple times on the show, but like I got into Destiny 2 at launch. I played a lot of hours. I beat the Kalos Raid and enjoyed it during that moment. And then afterwards, with the new updates, with new expansions and, and Forsaken and all this stuff dropping, I was never able to get fully back into Destiny. And the Lightfall trailer that dropped last fall, I remember watching it and being like, oh, this looks dope as hell, right? Like, uh, Bear's showing footage right now and seeing sort of the different settings, seeing, like, the cool like, grapple, grappling hooks slash strand uh, mechanic. All that stuff I thought was super cool. And then it dropped, and I've just seen split reaction where even in the studio i was talking to stoic mike and he was like yeah it's more destiny this is more destiny like it's that like it's something special and then andy's like no nah, man it's fucking great you like you should hop into it and even talking to destiny fans like i've talked to the homie skill up and even he's like yeah like it's it's, it's good but also the story stuff isn't there and so I, I keep going back and forth between whether or not i want to hop into it or not even though now i feel like i'm getting to the point where it's too late for me I feel like I'm not going to find people to want to run through the campaign because everybody at this point is probably already through it. That is 100% not true. No? You will absolutely find people to run through the campaign with you. Rihanna and I will run through the campaign with you. So will Joey. We, we'll, we'll hang in there with you. And I bet there's a legion of KFBFs that would gladly run you through the campaign. Now, will I enjoy the campaign as somebody who's popping back in and might not have all the backstory? All I know is yes, that Cade 6 absolutely, is dead. Because... <laughs> I don't think you really need to know, like, the deep lore. I think if you do, just like any narrative that's been going on for a long time, you clearly get more out of it if you know the backstory, but it's not so impossible to follow that you don't know. It's basically like, Callus is back. He's, you know, this big bad from, you know, a couple years ago in Destiny, and he's with this other big bad, The Witness, who's, like, super scary and spooky, and they're both just trying to, you know, overt their oppression on the rest of the universe and you got to stop them. It's like your classic light versus dark. Right, and then right. you got to mix in a little bit of confusion of is the light what we think it is? Is the dark what we think it is? Oh, Who shit. knows? Really, the light's really dark, the dark's really light. Okay, this sounds cool. This sounds cool. Andrea, yeah. enough about Destiny. Let's talk about today's stories, which include Red Falls got a new trailer. Uh, there's a new studio from the Burnout Devs and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about if you're watching live you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong if you don't want to watch live you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show head to kind of funny.com slash kfgd to write in with your questions squad ups and more and remember patreon.com slash kind of funny will get you the show ad free plus a bevy of bonus content housekeeping for you a new kind of funny x cast is up about mlb the show that is of course up over on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and twitch.tv slash kind of or uh, uh podcast services around the globe uh the kind of funny game showcase returns next monday as a seven hour stream featuring 14 games uh come hang out all day on twitch and youtube starting at 10 a.m pacific time and then for weeks now, Andy has carried Mike and Nick through the lands between in their seamless co-op Elden Ring playthrough. You can join them this Friday as Andy puts his sanity and possibly his health on the line as they try to play all day 
with your help during the uh, their Elden Ring mini marathon stream. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Tripod Plus Plus and Delaney Twining. Today we're brought to you by Honey, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today. A biggest dozen. Starting with our number one, Redfall has a new trailer. Before we even get into it, Andrea, what's your background on Redfall? Is this a game you're looking forward to? I definitely want to check it out. I love Arcane as a studio. I think they've put out some really interesting, very fun games to play. They are so great at doing environmental storytelling and creating unique worlds that I think Redfall is going to be another banger from them. You know, what we haven't really seen is a really robust multiplayer experience from them. So I think that's the kind of question mark of how is that going to work out once the game actually finally launches. But yeah, I'm definitely interested. Some, you know, co-op fun times, taking down some monsters. Sounds like a good time. Have you gotten a chance to check out the story trailer that dropped this morning? I did check it out, yeah. I, I'm I kind of want to watch it again live because I'm not I'm not seeing the whole thing. I've skimmed through it. Uh, sure. I think Barrett's working on pulling it up right now. But I kind of want to do a, a, a live watch because as I pulled the article, I have an article here from IGN that I'll read through for the audio people um, to get the description of what actually is happening in the trailer. But as I was reading through this article, I'm like, yo, this kind of this sounds kind of dope. Like Redfall is a game that I've been looking forward to more on the gameplay side. I love Arcane, but I love Arcane mainly for their like systems and how like you know, the choice in gameplay, the style of Deathloop, the style of Dishonored, it looks like they're taking a lot of those elements and building them into Redfall to create almost like a looter shooter, right? Like a Borderlands style game combined with the the arcane touch, with which I'm all about. I've never really thought about the story as something that I'd cared about. Uh, and looking through the arc, I'm like, oh, this sounds kind of cool. And so I want, uh, I want to watch it live. Barrett, do you have it ready? There it is. They said one drop of my blood could change everything. Free people from sickness and death. Two hours passed since the procedure. Subject deceased. It happened while no one was watching, like roots under the earth. Vampires. That's what these monsters became. And for audio listeners, getting a lot. Right now, you're getting a shot of the city. So flash between different shots of the city. Things have been fucked up somehow. A company of parasites with a thirst for immortality. Bit by bit, the town was swallowed up. Missing people, dead bodies, cults. They will come for you in the night and leave you empty. And just when it seemed like things couldn't get any worse. I didn't check. They're actually called vampires, right? Dark. They're not some like weird, unique name. Bear, are you able to turn up Andrew for me? Cultists Andrew just said a sentence. I didn't hear a word. <laughs> Unimaginably powerful vampires ruling over Redfall. Ah, oh, thanks, Chad. OMG Zeus says, yes, straight up vampires. Sometimes, you know, they have unique names. They're not zombies. They're freakers. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That's who you're talking about. But how do we stop them? I'm so into this just from a style perspective. Like, I think this world looks really cool. They got the welcome to Redfall. Now we got gameplay shots, right? It's first person. 
time to take back Red Fork. You got a uh, player using this crow ability, sending crows after their the enemies. Andrew, does this trailer do anything for you? I mean, not really. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm just going to be honest. Like, when it comes to story for a multiplayer game like this, I think it's going to have to see how it unfolds. If there's like a lot of heavy narrative moments or if it's more in world environmental storytelling, I think Arcane is really good, honestly, at both. Mm -hmm. So, how they're going to sprinkle it and balance it is going to be interesting. I want to pull in this IGN article from Ryan Dinsdale to set the stage, especially for audio people that didn't get to see the visual, visuals we just saw. Arkane Studios has shared the official story trailer for its upcoming co-op shooter, Redfall, which shares the mad science origins of the game's vampire apocalypse. The lengthy three-minute trailer opens with an optimistic message from a character named Ava, or Ava uh, who says a drop of her blood was promised to, quote, free people from sickness and death, end quote. This seemingly turned into a dangerous exper experiment that resulted in her death. However, uh, with the extracted blood not just healing people and granting immortality, but turning them into vampires too. These vampires took over the town of Redfall, which quickly collapsed into a broken society led by gangs of, of savage monsters. Some of the stronger vampires are also introduced in the trailer, suggesting that Redfall will be separated into four areas with vampire leaders at the helm of each. These include the the Hollow Man, a winged vampire with protruding organs, uh, Bloody Tom, a massive muscly vampire, Miss Whisper, who seems to have branch-like growths all over her body, and the Black Sun, suggested to be the most powerful of all. Various gameplay clips also featured in the trailer showing uh, how up to four players can take uh, take on the town at once to defeat facilities full of vampires uh, in, a, in a ton of creative ways. Uh, and yeah, Andrew, I'm a, I'm a little bit with you that like, I, I think it's a good trailer, but I think even reading through some of the story stuff going on in the IGN article and the synopsis sells me on it a little bit more than even watching it. Like watching the trailer, I get what I've gotten out of the the um, Redfall trailers that we've gotten in the past, which is I think the game looks gorgeous from a stylistic standpoint. It looks like a fun multiplayer shooter. It looks different from what Arcane has done in the past, but it's something that it's something that I'm excited for. But I'm not like. It's not one that I'm like, oh, this is going to stop my world, right? I'm stopping everything to play Redfall and only Redfall. But I think it still, for me, holds up as a, oh, man, yeah, this looks like a fun time with friends. Yeah, absolutely. I'm here with you. I think it looks great. I just want to play it. Do you think we're going to get, like, a beta or anything along those lines, like a demo? I would really like to see it come to Xbox Preview or Early Access because... 
Xbox has been doing that a lot more in the last couple of years with games with the you know Series S and X. But I don't think that they've announced anything. I think it would be smart of them to do, but I don't I don't know if that would, you know, make or break the game. I think it, mm-hmm. you know, coming to Game Pass is already gonna be great for it. And that might be all that they need. Do you think where do you think this lands at the end of the day when we're talking about I guess Xbox is 2023. We got Starfield coming later in the year. Um, obviously, we have maybe a Hellblade coming later in the year, depending on if they if that's a date that they announce at their at their game showcase. We have Forza Motorsport. We have the uh, the uh, Minecraft Minecraft um, Minecraft spinoff game. Um, do you think Redfall at the end of the day ends up being one of the bigger highlights that we see from Xbox this year? Absolutely, 100. That this is a a big flagship game for them it's a big triple a from one of their big triple a studios obviously bethesda has a great pedigree for releasing fantastic games so you know i mean they're they're gonna have a big year right but this is kind of a little busy this year Carrying so i think that back. this absolutely will count as a temple game for xbox hell yeah story number two former criterion leads have formed a new studio this comes from chris scolian at video games chronicle a team of former Criterion leads have set up a new studio and are working on a new AAA game. Fuse Games is a new UK studio led by former EA Vice President and Criterion Games General Manager Matt Webster. The team says it has already started working on a, quote, brand new tri- premium AAA title for PC and console, which it says is, quote, fusing uncompromising attention to game feel with blockbuster spectacle and player-centric innovations in social gameplay, self-expression, and creativity, end quote. Webster was one of five senior developers who left Criterion late last year following the release of Need for Speed Unbound and now takes on the role of studio general manager at Fuse Games. All five of those departing members are now part of Fuse Games, which currently has 17 employees to its name. The founding team has worked in the past on such franchises as Burnout, Battlefield, Star Wars Battlefront, and Need for Speed. Andrea, how do you feel about a new studio being formed from people from Criterion? I think it's exciting. I think it's probably more exciting for them as people who have been at that studio for decades saying, you know, what's next for me? What am I going to do? We've seen a lot of this over the last couple of years of these long-term studio heads saying, hey, like this big publisher that I've been working at was great, but I kind of did everything that I wanted to do there and I'm looking for something new and they want me to make the same thing I've been making, which, you know, is their prerogative. They own those IPs and that's what their shareholders want. But they're like, I'm done with that and I want to do something else. So I think it's really interesting and I'm curious to see what they're going to make. Like, as you know, there's a lot of buzzwords in that statement, right? Like, what is this game? Is this game going to be, you know, a metaverse, like a Roblox platform? You talk about user expression and creativity, shared spaces, social play. Is it going to be more of like an MMO? It feels like everyone and their dog is making an MMO these days, like I don't know See, how there's enough players around the world to support all these MMOs, but apparently there is. And, I mean, I, but I think that's a great place to start, right? Like you talking about sh- uh, shared universe, pointing out the social ga- social gameplay thing. This also being a studio that has made burnout games in the past and Need for Speed games in the past, I think it could be a cool idea. And I know this has probably been loosely tried before in the past. Like I look to games like I, I'm, I'm not played the crew, but I feel like this might be pointing towards the crew a little bit of, hey, let's have a shared um, game world that is a driving game. Right? Maybe even Forza Horizon might be a good example of you're driving around that open world and you're running into your friend's drivatars. Right? Like, I've always found that to be a fun experience when I'm playing Forza Horizon. I wonder if there's a way you can take that idea and even push it further. Like, in their statement, they're talking about they're making something 
uh, brand new premium AAA, right? And so you're looking at a, at, at a AAA <clears> budget. <throat> um, social gameplay, self-expression, and creativity, I think would be very interesting in a driving game. If it is, hey, you are creating your own vehicle or you are painting your vehicle, you are um, uh, like you you are customizing that thing to be as you as possible, right? And then going out and driving with your friends and having it be this thing of what if we can make a gear game that is also a car game, right? Like weird ideas, but I I, I think there are, there are ways you can experiment with how you can make a shared uh, a shared world with driving games that could be cool, or maybe they could be making something completely different, right? Like just because they made Burnout and Need for Speed doesn't mean they're going to make driving games forever. They've also done work on Battlefield and Star Wars Battlefront. But I think there might be something there that could be interesting. Listen, Burnout Revenge is one of my all-time favorite games. I love those arcade-style racing games. But if I'm an investor looking to dump tens of millions of dollars, if not hundreds of millions, into a new AAA studio, I don't really get that excited about the idea of an open-world or shared-world racing game. Mm -hmm. I think there's obviously an audience for that, but it's not as big as a lot of other genres are globally. So I, I would imagine maybe those guys at Criterion who left to, to you know to start Fuse Games are like, we did that. Let's do something else. Let's try something different. Let's have these kind of passion projects that we've been kicking around behind the scenes finally brought into the light and leave cars behind for a little bit. Because ultimately, vehicles are a little bit more restrictive in terms of self-expression than different kinds of in-game avatars could be. Mm -hmm. Do you do you remember the... Oh, man, this is a while ago. This, is, this must have been E3 2015, 2014. There was a Criterion game that was revealed that was in very early stages the that, conceptual gameplay year. That was the year EA showed yes. nothing but conceptual gameplay footage. And yeah. it was this game that was like, I want to say it was just like a weird extreme sports game that almost had like Riders Republic vibes to it, where it's like these different types of extreme sports. And probably like, I'm, I, like if I remember correctly, it might have had racing shit in there. It was so long ago now that I don't, I don't even remember. But like, I wonder if that's something you can go back and revisit. Like you talk about the cutting room floor uh, ideas and you talk about uh, a lot of developers leaving these bigger studios that are owned by publishers that want to do their own thing right or revisit these passion projects that they might have had i i think i i think that's such a cool idea i think that's such a, a I, I think that's how you get things like um a callisto protocol which i know that is split in terms of reception right but i think that's one of the first examples of a game that's come out and it has been <clears throat> hey we did work on dead space hey we're veering off starting our own studio we got picked up by a publisher and now we're putting our out our own thing that is our own take on um something that we've done well in the in in the past i think it's gonna be very exciting to see like oh yeah let's let's see more people try new things let's see more people come out and try to put out these ideas that th that they've had and like a lot of them might not hit this is the thing we've talked about before where i'm sure a percentage of these games are going to come out and they're going to be duds but there is going to be a percentage of them that come out and they're going to be going to be good games. And if Criterion comes out and they put out my finally put out my dream burnout revival game, I'm going to be all in, all in for it. Well, so I'm definitely down for a burnout revival. That would be incredible. But, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to hold my breath because also, you know, EA has the IP of license course. rights for that. And we've, so we've pro seen probably dangerous not what they're going to do, but maybe well. like dangerous driving was such a I oh, love man. dangerous driving. I I wanted to love Dangerous Driving. I, I I think they got real close to making my perfect Burnout Three game and just didn't have like the budget and scale. They, that's to it. Get there. They just did not have enough money. I talked to that team multiple times because they know that I'm a really big fan of that style of game and from the original games. And 
that's what it really what it came down to is that the studio had the passion and the drive and they wanted to do it, but they had to start small, which meant, you know, they had to really scope down what the feature set was going to be when they launched with the mm -hmm. intentions of like, hey, if this if people like, you know, the early part of this game, maybe we can get enough people interested that we can get more money and build the game out the way we want to. And sadly, it just didn't hit, which makes me go. Eh, would it be smart for Fuse to go into the racing market? Probably not. It's a very risky proposition to create a, a brand new IP in an already subgenre of a subgenre in the video games scope mm. at large of what people are buying and playing and funding. So I, if if I was the CFO at Fuse, I'd be like, maybe maybe we don't do a racing game. Maybe we do something that's mm. a little bit lower hanging fruit. Andrea, before we get into story number three, I want to let people out there know about patreon.com slash games. Over there, you can go and get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. Shout out to Honey for sponsoring this episode. Honey is the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. And thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. And we all know there's nothing better than the feeling of saving money. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. When you check out, the Honey button appears and all you have to do is click apply coupons. You wait a few seconds, you see the fun little dancing guy. Honey searches for coupons and it finds you the best ones and then you just watch the prices drop we here at kind of funny have been using honey for years and it's helped us save thousands on tech costumes food you name it honestly i just love how easy it is to just set and forget and save that's the best part honey doesn't just work on desktops it works on your phone too you just activate it on safari on your phone you save on the go if you don't already have honey you could be straight up missing out you can get paypal honey for free at joinhoney.com slash kind of funny that's joinhoney.com slash kind of funny another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. And we're back with story number three. Fortnite's Unreal Engine 5 editor arrives next week. This is Christina Alexander at IGN. Content creators will finally be able to try their hand. 
happening next week. Epic Games already released Unreal Engine 5 to game developers last year, but now the company will be releasing the beta version of Unreal uh, Unreal Editor for Fortnite, aka UEFN, to everyone on March 22nd, according to the DLC's page on the website. The UEFN works a bit like the game editor in Roblox, only it's more advanced because, aside from Fortnite being 3D in the first place, it works in tandem with the pre-existing Fortnite creative feature, providing teams of creators the ability to work together to create new games and experiences within Fortnite using all the tools at their disposal. This includes the new programming language called Verse to design gameplay, Niagara to create visual effects, Control Rig and Sequencer to animate their custom characters, World Partition to create bigger gameplay experiences like virtual concerts we've uh, been seeing as of late, and Fab to discover assets and import them. Epic Games was originally expected to release the UEFN last year, but it quietly pushed back uh, its debut, uh, debut date behind the scenes. Uh, at the time, CEO Tim Sweeney said the feature was designed to allow creators to monetize their custom content without having to make a deal with Epic Games, thereby turning Fortnite into a digital marketplace akin to Steam, Google Play Store, or the App Store. According to Sweeney, players spend half their gameplay hours playing with other people's content, which is modded on PC anyhow. The UEFN only enhances creators' modding capabilities. Andrea, what's your Fortnite status? Are you somebody that hops into Fortnite consistently? And also, does the Unreal Editor for Fortnite do anything for you? This is potentially a really huge story. And the reason I say that, first, yes, I play Fortnite. I hop in from time to time. I'm that person that hops in, buys the Battle Pass, is really hot and heavy for a couple of days, and then forgets about it or gets busy and never actually finishes the Battle Pass. Um, I'm that person. But I I love Fortnite and everything that they've been doing with it and updating. And the reason I say this is a big story is because anybody who knows anything about Roblox knows that game is massive. It has over 50 million daily active users, which is kind of a mind-blowing number to think about. And one of the reasons why Roblox is so popular is because people can make their own games inside Roblox. We actually have a really fun special episode coming to What's Good Games next week where we feature women in development in Roblox specifically. So if you guys are interested in learning more about, you know, how to develop in Roblox or just the community in Roblox, I highly recommend you check out the show next week. But with Fortnite adding this, I mean, Fortnite is one of the biggest video games in the world. It has a very strong hold on a very young audience, people who are excited about making their own experiences. And if they can give them the tools to do that within the platform, it's only going to cement Fortnite as one of the leading gaming metaverses in the world. And I'm super excited to see what the community does and all the custom stuff that they can do in Fortnite. Yeah, I mean, you talk about Fortnite being one one of the, uh, or cementing itself as one of the leading uh, gaming metaverses in the world. It's so wild how well positioned they're able to do that from every single angle you can think of, right? Like you look at Epic and you look at the fact that they have the Epic Game Store marketplace, they have the Unreal Engine, they have Fortnite that is this mega success, right? And you, if you can, can combine that along with you know, a while ago they acquired Bandcamp, and that's the thing that I always forget about. But I'm like, oh yeah, like they got Bandcamp. They have so many, ac- they have so much access to resources they can pull in to really create Fortnite as a thing that can turn into a Roblox and even go beyond that. Because it is, hey, what if you are able to create music in here, sell music in here, right? And it is working through uh, Bandcamp somehow, right? What if we're able to give people the tools of Unreal Engine Five and like Tim Sweeney uh, uh, mentions here, right? Like 
allow creators to monetize their content without having to make a deal with Epic Games. Just be able to go directly into it and put out whatever games, projects, movies, whatever you want to put out and have, have it just work without having to talk to people and make deals and work through all these all these different third parties or to be able to just make that work. I'm very, again, curious to see where this goes and if this is a thing that, if, if this is like the next step, right? In the way that we saw Fortnite adopt Battle Royale after PUBG did it and all of a sudden, boom, over like a year it becomes the biggest thing in the world. I wonder if this is the, the, the thing that turns Fortnite from like, oh yeah, okay, this this was the biggest thing in the world. Now it is like, we're, this is the next step, right? This is like the exponential boom like fortnite is now the biggest thing again in this entirely different way um it's i'm curious i'm excited but also somewhat scared <laughs> because like the metaverse also as an idea is one that i i don't really care about right like i'm not so i i feel like in terms of the social aspect of video games i already get that right and i don't know how much we we need to push that i don't know if i need to live in fortnite but for you, I guess, as somebody who, you know, you repeatedly come back to Fortnite and you buy the Battle Pass, is this something that you look at and you're like, oh, this is going to be a fun time? Like, I want to spend all my time or play other people's creations or do make music or do whatever in Fortnite? Not for me personally. I've never really gravitated towards those UGC experiences in any games, but clearly there's a giant audience for that. We can also look to Minecraft, right? They were doing it before Roblox, and that community continues to be massive on a global scale with people creating, you know, in-game custom experiences on their own servers and things like that. And I think without a doubt this is going to be a gigantic leap forward for Fortnite. I honestly am surprised it took this long, but clearly they were working out some levers behind the scenes. The thing I'm curious about is how or if they're even going to incorporate any of the massive library of licensed items that they have within Fortnite oh, because that's a big to. draw for people, right? The music, the skins of all their favorite movie characters and things like that. My gut says they won't have that, at least at the beginning, because those contracts have got to be incredibly complicated. And to try to do that from a UGC aspect, like how, how do you work out those deals? But maybe they will, because the thing that's really exciting about Tim Sweeney as a studio head and as a, the owner of the company is that he don't give a fuck about anything. He's like, I'm going to do what I want to do and the things that are exciting to me. And I don't care if the industry tells me it's not what I'm supposed to do. I run Epic Games. I'm going to do what I want to do. And that wild card attitude, I think, is so admirable on some levels. I mean, it's kind of scary, right? I'm sure it's scary for a lot of people at Epic, too, to be like, oh, my gosh, we have to clean up after this, this wild thing that Tim said. Um, but I think it's really exciting because it means that he feels comfortable enough to push the envelope and go for things that other people are like, well, we can't do that. Mm -hmm. And Tim's like, but why not? Why can't we do that? Like, why can't we, you know, start our own metaverse like, and give people the tools to do all these things? Like, why not? And that's the thing is, I, I think they have the vision and, and the ambition. And that's like, that's the scary thing. Yeah, Tim Sweeney is one where I remember during their whole uh, debacle or their whole fight with Apple talking about like, oh yeah, we want to be able to sell items, do all this stuff, make our money. Um, the the campaigns that they're making to like try and get that through right like them like really going hard in terms of the hashtags they're making and like you know the fight that they're fighting i was like okay you guys are kind of on the right side of this but also you guys are fucking going crazy a little bit with the way in which you're you're, you're fighting this fight they got they do have that vision and that and, and, and that ambition that I could see them taking this all the way. And I think, you know, in, in regards to the question of will they be able to take the license step forward and, and make that a big part of this, I think they got to. I think that is 
I think that's the key, honestly. I think at some point, once you realize that you have this this vision for what you want Fortnite to uh, end up being, I think you start writing that into the contracts that you're making by default, right? Like, like you have that as a line of like, hey, and by the way, when we get to this stage of, of Fortnite slash our metaverse, like these skins are going to carry over in this way. I think that's something you start doing because I look at things like... Um, Oh, uh, what's the uh, like VR chat, right? And like how that is like a kind of a metaverse on its own. And a thing that I see with VR chat are people cosplaying as their favorite characters and talking to each other as like, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog is talking to Sabrina the Teenage Witch or whatever. Like, I think that is such a big part of what this is. And Fortnite is one of the, probably one of the best examples, maybe, maybe the best example, right? Like even not, even more than something like Smash Brothers, of hey, we have the connections, we have the licenses everybody's in Fortnite, and more people are just going to uh, more people are going to continue to come to Fortnite over time oh yeah i think i think that's a thing that they're th- thinking about and i think that might be their like their their actual key to success just from a broad let's get everybody in perspective i i agree with you i think mm-hmm. it would be amazing i just know enough about the behind the scenes aspect of that that i'm like i don't know if that's gonna work out mm. <laughs> it might for some brands and some ips and other ips and brands not because the thing about people who create original characters and concepts and ideas, they're their babies. They hold them really tight. They want to have control over them. And if you let them live in these UGC shared world spaces where people have the tools to change fundamental parts of your creation, that can be really an unsettling idea for people and for creators, especially for longtime IP holders, you know, like, Imagine DC Comics putting Superman in there and be like, yeah, we're just going to let the community do whatever they want with this, like, you know, long standing character that's existed for decades. It's like, will they do that? Maybe. I mean, but we, we, maybe not. Uh, Bear, correct me if I'm wrong. Batman is in Fortnite, right? Yeah, that sounds right. That's not, that's not uh, kind of funny about comics that you're wrong if I'm wrong about that. Here's what I'll say is that everybody who's in Fortnite, all the characters who are in Fortnite, have guns that they use and they shoot each other down and like batman when you talk about batman right and like superman or whatever like some of the core qualities of those characters that they don't use guns like batman i I think it's part of his like 10 commandments (laughs) or whatever where he's like yeah and i don't use guns and like they're given like they're giving them weapons they're like i mean building walls right like they're, they're breaking the i guess the lore right and the rules of these characters in so many ways already I wonder if that is like the hey, like Fortnite just has that much clout. Fortnite has that much um, mind share that it is. Hey, it's better to have our character in Fortnite and break the rules and break our sanctions with these characters, right? And give Batman a gun than to not have him in there and miss out on this buttload of money that we're being offered by Epic, right? Or the buttload of publicity and promotion that we're getting for this character to uh, and not have them in. But it's also a very interesting conversation because I'm right there with you that if I'm somebody who owns an ip i'm very passionate about this ip and i have ownership over this thing i'm not gonna let anybody just run rampant with it run wild with it right like i want to treat that thing like my baby i wonder if hey blessing uh, sorry to interrupt you but i lost your audio feed oh no barrett can the audience hear me (laughs) audience can you hear me and andrea that's my question yeah i can definitely see you talking but i can't hear you talking check one two check 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 one two can you hear barrett yeah uh, people can hear both of us yeah, they can hear us. I I see us talking in Discord. I, I I'm not sure Andrew was having this problem earlier before the show. Oh, okay. And I'm not entirely sure what happened. All right. Well, Bear's going to uh, figure that out as he's figuring that out. I'm just going to hop into story number 4 
and read through it because this is a FIFA story. And I'm going to take this thing over. Story number four, FIFA's president says it's EA Sports FC rival will be the best I cannot e hear Barrett. It looks like the, boy. in our Oh, okay, Andrew just went muted. I assume, Barry, you probably muted her just so we can yeah. do this thing. Okay, cool. Uh, EA Sports FC Rival will be the best e-game for any girl or boy. Again, that is FIFA's president. This comes from Chris Scolian at Video Games Chronicle. The president of FIFA has reiterated plans to create a new series of football games, and that'll be superior to EA's series. FIFA split from his partner e or FIFA split from his partner EA after nearly 30 years, with FIFA 23 being the last EA Sports game to feature the FIFA branding on the title. This year, EA will be rebranding its series as EA Sports FC, claiming it will begin a, quote, new era in July 2023, end quote. However, FIFA president Gianni Infantino believes the next series with the FIFA name will set the new standard for football games. The Times chief sports reporter Martin Ziegler reports that during his victory speech after his unopposed re-election as FIFA president, Infantino stated that the association would be launching a rival video game to EA Sports FC, quote, the new FIFA game, the FIFA 25, 26, 27, and so on, will always be the best e-game for any, any girl or boy, Infantino reportedly said, adding, quote, we will have news on this very soon, end quote. It's not clear if Infantino's comments, if quoted accurately, mean that FIFA is aiming for a 2024 release for its first game uh, to go head-to-head -head with, with what would be EA Sports FC 25. Uh, in a strongly worded statement in May 2022, Infantino insisted that only games carrying the official FIFA license would be credible to fans of football. Quote, I can assure you that the only authentic real, uh, real game that has the FIFA name would be the best one available for gamers and football fans, he said at the time. In November 2022, FIFA announced that the first games to use its branding following the end of its partnership with EA would be four Web 3.0 blockchain titles. So there you have it. Andrew, are you back with us? Yes, I'm back. Hell yeah. Thank God. Um, this is a fun one. So it is a fun and also kind of a hilarious one. So A funny one, maybe? Uh, this is a funny one. So to bring people up to speed, right? FIFA or EA has lost the FIFA license, right? They're renaming their franchise now to EA Sports FC. That'll start next year with ea sports fc 24 uh the fifa fifa proper right the FIFA organization are working on their own fifa games they recently announced that there's a blockchain um there, there are blockchain titles coming through right web 3.0 titles um this is hilarious like andrew first of all do you have any any reaction to this i mean first what are e-games i don't know i don't know what e-games are that's hilarious um but it was a contentious thing when the news was first swirling that EA and FIFA were going to split up. You know, FIFA being one of the biggest sports franchises in the world, clearly the crown jewel of EA Sports and their biggest moneymaker. So it was a pretty, pretty huge deal. The kind of red flag for me is that we're going to see four Web 3.0 blockchain titles. I'm like, okay. Ugh cool why is everybody so obsessed with the blockchain and that's a question we are not going to answer on this podcast because it is a very long and twisty answer um but i don't know if this is going to be good or bad i think any developer or publisher who gets to work on fifa and use the fifa branding is going to sell video games period are they going to be good are they going to be superior that remains to be seen but it's like the the idea that you know, they're coming out and being, they have like this very public split makes me wish I was a fly on the wall of those conversations of where, like, 
where it broke bad yeah. with EA. It very much FIFA. feels like they're not happy with each other. Like that yeah. is especially from this whole, breakup from Infantino yeah. saying that hey, we whatever FIFA game we put out is going to be the best. Like we're going to put out the best FIFA games. And to your question of you know, don't know if this is if this is going to be good. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I think this will be a bad video game. Like whatever they're working on, I don't trust FIFA as an organization to make the right decisions about continuing the FIFA video game franchise, especially when their leading foot is, hey, we're let's let's green light a bunch of Web three no Web three blockchain games. Like I'm, I would look at that and and go, I wonder if that's where they split. I wonder if that's where. EA Sports is like no, like we're not going to do that. Look at the uh, look at the audience. Like they like the audience hates NFT stuff. The audience hates Web 3.0 right now in video games. People don't want anything to do with that. And I wonder if FIFA's like no, this makes money. You got to figure out how to make this an ultimate team thing. Like I wonder, like I, that I, as a fly, I, that's the meeting that I would like to be a fly on the wall on is like was that the conversation or was it just the fact that FIFA wanted more money? Was it the fact that it's like hey, we see how much your games sell give us more money and EA is like no because we can do this by ourselves right like that's the thing is going into ea sports fc the new game coming later this year i like as much as it is a bummer to like lose the fifa fifa name and not call it fifa anymore i don't really care just from a gameplay standpoint right like the game's gonna play the same they're gonna get a lot of those licenses just from going directly to the sources right going directly to the organizations and teams they're gonna miss no, out on a handful won't. of licenses. No, they probably won't. And a lot of people around the world care about the actual branding and the name. Like it's kind of a big deal. You can't really have a football or a soccer game without FIFA. I mean, you can. Pez is, you know, Pez exists, yeah. and it's a pretty successful game, right? But I mean, I don't know if they're going to be able to get the same access to do all those licensing deals without. See I wonder, I, I, I think they're going to get a percentage. I think because I, and this is a kind of funny.com says you're wrong. I want to say like Premier League and like the Spanish League and like the Italian League. I want to say that stuff you can get separate from FIFA. I think that stuff is from an organizational standpoint separate enough to where you might be able to go after those or individual clubs at the very least you can get. Because I remember that happened with Juventus, the football club, where Pez got it and then FIFA wasn't able to have it. And it was just this fucking weird ass thing of why are we missing this one team? So I think they might be able to chase things that way. On the national team scale, that's where I get a bit more fuzzy of, oh, are you able to get, I guess, like the U.S. national team or is that FIFA associated? Like where, where does that cutoff happen in terms of, what is FIFA and then what is individually owned? Um, but I think for the most part, I think you're going to be able to get enough of at least maybe the players uh, and a handful of clubs. It might be a rebuilding thing, right? Of over the years, you're going to have to remake a lot of those deals on the individual level to then be able to build up this team base. But I think even with that, EA has nailed the FIFA gameplay because they've had FIFA games coming out for the last 20, 30, yeah, around like 30 years, right? They, they've nailed that. It's going to take whoever uh, the FIFA organization goes to, whether it is Konami with Pez or whether, whether it's somebody else. I guess it's eFootball now, but like, or whether it's FIFA figuring out what other smaller developer is going to make it. It's going to take whoever that developer is a long time to make a good soccer slash football game. Whereas EA, EA just, needs to buy, just needs to buy Pez, which by the way, Pro Evolution Soccer was rebranded to eFootball. Um, so we probably should be yeah. calling it eFootball. But I will say um, eFootball but... sucks. The video game sucks. Like they turned it free to play. The fuck <laughs> the reviews terrible for that thing. Like they lost their way a while ago. And I think that's part of it being Konami and Konami kind of losing their way as well.
So Konami should sell it. Sell it to EA. Let EA take the take the branding and FIFAfy it. And then they could get all of those contract deals, right? All the deals that FIFA doesn't have. Because if you know eFootball has some of the deals and FIFA has the other deals, it's like who's really left that mm. you can go outside of FIFA and make the deals with? I mean, there are obviously clubs and teams around the world, but if they took all of the games and the teams they're in eFootball and then combined it with everything that they were planning to do as a replacement for the stuff that they have to leave behind with FIFA, they could have something there. Yeah. And I think Konami is in a position where they would sell it because Konami's focus for a long time has been their gambling in Japan, their Pachinko games or whatever. Yeah. But the question is, who's going to develop it? Is Konami still going to develop no, that game? No, no, no. You, you give it to the team at EA Sports that was making FIFA. For oh, sure. you're saying? Oh, you're saying like EA should go after, like take the pet yeah. Game. They should buy the license and the brand from Konami, See, and I, then take it. I think for I think for EA, it would maybe just be smarter to do EA Sports FC because that is a new name. It has EA in it, so you know that like okay, we can trust EA for the most part for like a lot of things. Let's say from a gameplay level, you can trust EA that this is going to be the FIFA game you know and you know and love. Uh, eFootball is tainted like pro evolution soccer to some extent i would even say is tainted right like i think renaming i i, I would rather do a new name i think if um, uh, ea doing a new name for a soccer game would have better leverage than um than going to konami for their thing but i do think on the deals level if they even have any deals left because i know the juventus thing expired um yeah i think going to them and being like hey like let's figure out a way to shift these contracts over to us could could be smart but also, I guess they are still making eFootball, so who knows if they're even going to want to do that. But I digress. Uh, story number five, BAFTA's recogni recognizing Shuhei Yoshida. This is Marie D'Alessandri at GamesIndustry.biz. Shuhei Yoshida will be awarded a BAFTA fellowship at the BAFTA Game Awards on March 30th. The fellowship recognizes Yoshida's work, quote, as a champion of independent developers, BAFTA said. Quote, through his personal social media presence and his corporate endeavors, he has consistently nurtured the creativity and innovation of the indie games industry and regularly champions indie games through podcasts, official PlayStation videos, and the wider games media, the organization added. Uh, Yoshida currently is head of Sony Interactive Entertainment's independent developer initiative after spending his, his entire career at the platform holder in various roles since 1993. Among others, he was president of SIE Worldwide Studios from 2008 to 2019 congratulations shuhei yoshida that is awesome yeah she's the best he's yeah. a wonderful human being doing fantastic work in the games industry so congratulations on the recognition yeah shuhei is a, a very sweet man i met him for the first time at uh i want to say it was summer game fest yeah it was summer game fest at like a rooftop <laughs> bar and he was so cool like he took a picture with me and he was like oh yeah i listened to the podcast and i was like the way that touched my heart i know i think i tweeted it out at the time but like that was such a heartwarming like oh my god like one of my heroes listens to to me on podcast and so yeah shout out to shuhei yoshida and also shout out to the work because like you know you want to talk about highlighting indie games shuhei is the reason why i was familiar with what um uh chicory was like he was the first person to to put me on a chicory he he was the first person to put me onto Tinykin. Like he has he has a knack for recognizing upcoming indie games that are going to be something special. And so yeah, good on them for good on the BAFTAs for recognizing Shuhei. And then finally, uh, story number six: March's Nintendo Switch Online games have been revealed. This is from Wario sixty four. March's Nintendo Switch Online games are going to be Kirby's Dreamland two, 
for the Game Boy, Burger Time Deluxe for the Game Boy, Side Pocket for the Super Nintendo, and Xevious for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Andrew, are you excited to play some Xevious for NES? Gotta be honest, have no idea what that game is. I've been convinced for a while that they're making up games for the NES. <laughs> Because, like, they'll legitimately pull out names where I'm like, that never existed. That never existed. Like, we've ran out of NES games, and now you're just, like, finding new ones to create. Like, there's uh, Shigeru Miyamoto is ma- making these games by himself. He's like, just put this on there. They won't notice. Uh, but good on them for adding Kirby's Dreamland and Burger Time Deluxe. I know those are pretty big, uh, big gets. And so, shout out to that. Andrea, I can't wait to see what the next game Miyamoto <laughs> creates for NES <laughs> is, but that game is just so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to mom and drop shops today, where would I look? Plus, and you would go to the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games, daily show hosts each and every weekday. Out today, we got Anno 1800 for PS5 and Xbox series X, the dark pictures switchback VR for PlayStation VR two. Post Void for PS4 and Switch, The Sims 4 Growing Together expansion on everything, Subway Midnight for Switch and PC, and then Defend the Rook for PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X. New dates for you, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre launches August 18th for Xbox One, Xbox Series X, PS4, PS5, and PC, and that's also going to be on Game Pass on day one. Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin is coming to Steam on April 6th. Moons of Darcelin lands on PC on April 19th. Hunt the Night is releasing on Steam on April 13th. And then Sea of Stars is adding Xbox Series X and Xbox One to its launch roster for August 29th. Deal of the day for you. Coffee Talk Episode 2, Hibiscus and Butterfly, is coming to Game Pass on April 20th. That's 420. Uh, Now it's time kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong where you write in let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so you can correct it for those watching later on youtube and listening later on podcast services around the globe uh shout out nano uh says batman has like five five skins in fortnite appreciate that let's see nano also says that roblox in february had 67 million daily active users which is absolutely wild it's wild that, that's like, a lot that's a lot of people that's a lot of people and we don't hear about fortnite on just the mainstream games media level right like it's almost like this like this thing happening beneath the surface that is like waiting to explode that we just ignore we're like oh yeah this there's this infestation there's this roblox infestation that's happening and we just all choose to ignore it but it's like it's not an infestation <laughs> i saw somebody earlier in the chat and i, I want to make sure to point this out they said roblox seems predatory and it's, I know that it feels like it could be because a lot of kids play it. And that was a concern of mine. So when we were doing these interviews, I asked, like, how is it managing your community, especially being a woman in the games community and being a developer and trying to manage, you know, that toxicity and harassment. And both of the women that we spoke to on the show, Jenny Swoboda and Ann Shoemaker, said that they have an amazing experience and that mm-hmm. everyone is so positive and kind and uplifting and supporting and that Roblox as a developer puts a lot of safety tools in place and so i think it's important to not assume that it's a bad place to be and that it's predatory instead maybe open your mind to the idea that it's actually a really positive environment because wouldn't that be a great thing that we just assume that everything is positive instead of bad that'd be great (laughs) uh aj writes in and says licensing football teams for games are on a team-by-team basis clubs such as manchester united and barcelona uh, appeared in both uh, Pez and FIFA in the past. 
uh, Nano says missed out today. See if Thieves Season 9 is out today and then a missed new date. Uh, Disney Speedstorm, the Disney Racers, entering early access on April 19th. I also saw online that Taco Bell might be discontinuing the, um, the Quesarito <gasps> on April 19th. And I hope that's false. I hope that's a lie. Because if that's the case, that's a fucked up thing to do the day before 420. <laughs> and I don't even smoke. But I, I, listen, that's, I, I feel for y'all. But I'll, then I feel for me because I love the Quesarito. I like a Quesarito every now and then. Maybe like once every six months I'll have one. Uh, and I think that's it. Yeah. No, that's it for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Andrea, thank you so much for joining me. On this somewhat chaotic episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily, as we've been fighting against technical difficulties, um, I want you to promote what you got go- guys got going on at PAX. Yeah, so we're going to be at PAX East, and we're doing a bunch of community stuff. It's going to be great. We have the What's Good Games Live panel Friday at 8.30 p.m. We've got a nighttime panel for the first time at PAX, so uh, it's probably going to be very adult-focused. So if you're going to be in Boston and you're looking for something to do Friday night, come by uh, the Bumblebee Theater and join us for our panel. And then Saturday, we're doing a meetup from 5 to 7 at Versus in Boston, um, which is like a really cool barcade that is there and wasn't there the last time we were at PAX, which was 2020, uh, the faded PAX uh, before everything broke bad. So if you guys are going to be in Boston and you want to come hang out with us, please do. Britt, Rihanna, and myself are all going to be there. It's going to be fun. Hell yeah. And of course, go follow and subscribe What's Good Games over on YouTube.com slash What's Good Games. I had the pleasure of being on What's Good Games, what, about four months ago when uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet came out. And I wasn't on there when you were on there. It was me uh, me and Britt uh, and Rebecca Valentine. Um, but I Yeah, I was back. out that week for something. I can't remember what. I want to come back for an Andrew Renee episode. Yeah, that's absolutely. My, that's my We'd love to have you back. Hell yeah. Uh, tomorrow's hosts for Kind of Funny Games Daily are going to be me and Tim. If you're watching this live, after this is Warzone with Nick, Roger, and Game Attack. If you want to catch that stream later, of course, you can subscribe to YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Remember, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Until next time, Game Daily.